problem, problem right there. Pro red flag, another red flag. Damn, is she a referee? Cause she's pulling out red flags one after the other. I've seen communist parades with less red flags. Two bitches, yeah, two bitches, two bitches, just watching TV. <laughs> Bitch. Welcome. Hello. Welcome to Bitch Watch. Or welcome back. Possibly. I love you. We're just gonna say that right off the top. I know it might be a little soon, but I just wanted to say it. I love you. Unlike Rory to Dean. Uh, moving on. That got rectified in the end, but we'll get there. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, welcome to episode three of Gilmore Girls. We're wrapping up season one. It's going to be a grand old time. And by grand old time, I mean, my God, I'm so glad it's over. This one really took it out of us, guys. Like, I know we didn't have lots of quotes for the middle segment for episode two. That's not the problem today. We've got so many quotes. In fact, I had a, a couple. Plethora. I had to cu cut a couple because I was like, well, you start comparing them against the others and you're like, well, this one doesn't even make sense anymore. This one doesn't work. Or So you cut some. What, those last two episodes of the season, both of us went, wow, these both feel like they're six hours long. I go, just because I want them to be over. Like, who cares? <laughs> we've got Max Medina. We've got Dean. And it's not the Winchester. And I... I cannot be bothered with these scrubs, man. Don't forget to mention Rachel. I don't hate Rachel as much as I hate the men on this show. Ugh. Okay, listen. Rachel found the dragonfly for Lorelai. She also recognized that Luke is in love with Lorelai and decided to step aside. So she's kind of a real one. Also, speaking of Rachel finding the dragonfly, I'm going to say this at the top so I don't have to say it at the end. At the end of the last episode, I picked my bone again about mm -hmm. Lorelai not knowing anything. And you said, yeah, if this was real life, yeah. Lorelai would just say, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Or, whoa, I hadn't thought about that in a while. Remind me about this? Yes. That exact conversation happened about the dragonfly. Rachel said that she took she had taken some pictures of it. And Lorelai goes, oh, yeah, I forgot about that old place. <sighs> And I lost my ever-loving mind. See, I lost my mind because I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that this got introduced this early. Yeah, you were overjoyed about the dragonfly and all. I was just fuming over here, screaming. <laughs> they do know how to use the words, oh yeah, I forgot about X, Y, and Z. <sighs> I mean, I do have a picture of the dragonfly in my kitchen, so it's kind of a big deal. Jesse and I are going to be getting dragonfly tattoos. It's not like it isn't a big deal, but like we said last week, we're trying to be critical of the show since we're doing this for a podcast. Yeah. And it just... Ugh. Killed you. It did a little bit. Killed my spirit a little bit. I will say, I don't think the episodes were bad. There were some good moments in these episodes. It's just, I cannot stand the love interests right now because I know how terrible they are. Mm -hmm. And we get a better look at why Dean is so horrific, but we'll get there. This past week, we finally went to the Harry Styles concert. Yes, we did. And it was so good. Yes. Um, I think everyone knows how you felt about it. Yeah, I was gonna say usually like after a concert I have PCD, post-concert depression, mm -hmm. and this may be the first concert where I didn't experience the PCD. Wow. I 
feel, and I hate saying this, but I feel like at peace again. Like I feel like everything is right in my like mental energy. (laughs) (laughs) Things are turning back around. We were able to go to a concert and it was a concert that I've been looking forward to for such a long time. And it was everything that I wanted and more. You enjoyed yourself. I was so worried. I was like, well, something's going to go wrong and Sly's going to be upset for something. When am I ever that way? That's just my anxiety and depression speaking. I was just trying to prepare myself for the possibility that we were going to get keyed on the way in. That doesn't even make sense, but you know what I'm saying. Something was going to happen and you're going to be like, wow. We had someone drive. <laughs> the person in front of us was going to be 6,000 feet tall. We weren't going to be able to see around them. That's why I bought platform vans, my dude. I'm just saying like, I was just so, I needed this night to go well for so many reasons. And then it did. Like everything was perfect about it. Even down to, which I will say, yeah, I enjoyed the concert. It's probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my life. Definitely go see Harry Styles if you have the opportunity. He puts on one hell of a show. Also, my hair understood the assignment when Harry's wearing a different color every night and your girl over here is insistent that she has to have orange hair. I even had trouble finding the dye to do it. Hair turned out perfect. And then what does Mr. Styles come out wearing uh, rather than all orange all night? Yeah. He comes out of the middle of the stage and maybe one day when I feel brave, I'll tweet the video that I took of him approaching the stage. I don't know. I'm screaming like a banshee has possessed me. You are a screamer. That's for sure. I was telling you the whole time concert witsy is a completely different. I become a whole different persona. You're a woo girl. I'm a big woo girl. Mm -hmm. Big dancing and having all sorts of fun but harry for this tour comes out of the middle of the floor like the band walks on stage but harry comes out of the middle of the floor and once i noticed that the middle of the floor had opened up i'm yelling to you the hole is open the hole is open and he rises up and i realize he's wearing orange and it took me like a second to process i'm like (gasps) and i look at you and look to my left where you're standing i go he's wearing orange but of course nineteen thousand people are screaming on the top of their lungs yeah i have enough thought process to go i don't think she can hear me so i grab your (laughs) hair (laughs) i go it's orange he's wearing orange i think something is seriously wrong for a moment (laughs) and then i realize no no she's just very excited very excited like five songs in i didn't lean over and go i'm so sorry if i pulled your hair i was just excited you really didn't you apologized a million times that night and you did not pull my hair as far as you pulled it but it wasn't like i wasn't pulling it out of your head it was just wiggling it, mostly. <gasps> it's orange. <Yeah. laughs> and you're like, your hair understood the assignment. <laughs> understood the assignment was the phrase for the night, like for everything. It, it really was. It really was. Tay Money came came in clutch for that. But yeah, we had a fantastic time. Yeah, it was really, really good. My fiance drove us, in case you don't know, because I did not want to park Mm-mm, by the I didn't price pay it. for parking, yeah. It was, what, 20 bucks to park? Probably, and that was like a still pretty good walk. Yeah, and if you know me, I cannot walk very far without being in excruciating pain. So my sweet fiance decided that he would drive us and stay up late to pick us up also. And... After the concert, we were walking around the block because we just wanted to get out of the building with all the people and get onto the street. And we realized that like the pickup area was kind of around the block. We're walking and I remember you were saying, oh man, I wish we had remembered to tell Tanner to bring us water. And what does the love of my life show up with? (laughs) 
cold bubblies in the car. Two cans of cold bubbly chilling in the cup holders. Yep. That's a king right there. You give me one. You're like, you want a bubbly? And I was like, ugh, I hate these, but I'll drink it. It was really nice. I was only to drink because I had been screaming for two hours at that point. <laughs> he knows that I like bubbly, of course. Yeah. Like bubbly is my crack. So he just grabbed two ice cold bubblies out of the fridge. Mm-hmm. What a king. I will fe- forever associate Blackberry bubblies with harry styles so hell yeah what's it taste like (sighs) but yeah so it was a great night and it went off without a hitch and i think we had a good little mini vacation yeah we both screamed and danced for about two hours and it was about an hour and a half and it was a great time it was also that night that i realized i danced like harry styles (laughs) i just did a lot of jumping jumping and moving my hands around having a good time yeah Yeah, a lot of screaming oh yeah there's lots of screaming and there's lots of think seventh grader on her first date nervous excite energy oh yeah giggling like a little school girl uh-huh. Uh-huh. it was interesting it was fascinating oh that's that's me at pure bliss man so happy love it i'm so glad i got to share that moment with you oh topic at hand that was our week i think besides uh, an upcoming guest bonus episode i think this will be the end of harry styles concert talk because we've talked about it the last three mm-hmm. weeks but we've been really yeah, excited so don't blame us okay it was a great concert go see it good time it's all sold out good luck getting tickets. i was gonna say it's all sold out but good <laughs> luck at the um, beginning of our gilmore girls talk we went through and ranked all of the characters just based on how we remembered it. And I don't know about you, but I did get some feedback. My cousin Jessica did say that the Wookiee should have been on the tier list. And well. then, yeah, she's just obsessed. And then my friend Jessica could not believe that I had ranked Mrs. Kim so low. Really? Because she's scary. <laughs> she's scary. <laughs> I agree. I agree. She's good. She's good in spurts. Yeah, yeah spurts and that's what i told her i was like yeah i think she'll ebb and flow as we go throughout the show but my overall i think she's a d yeah take her to leave it now that we're at the end of the season we wanted to give an update on how we're ranking the characters how we're feeling about them do you want to start yeah absolutely and i guess we'll start at the bottom and work where we uh-huh. up. of course i'm not going to mention people that we have not met yet because why would i both of these pictures will be on twitter when this episode goes up so f tier pretty much stayed the same we've still got tristan medina Christopher and Dean has now joined the fray. So you got four in the F tier? Yep, all fellas. Yep, that's my F tier as well, those four. I'm glad we can agree on that. Which I think they were all in my F tier before as well, so yeah. I didn't change my mind. Yeah, I just remembered why I didn't like Dean. My D tier consists of uh, Taylor Dosey. Yes. And as of right now, even though I love the character, Paris is in my D tier because I'm really upset with her. Gotcha, okay. This is when she's like super obnoxious because she's head over heels yeah. with Tristan and she's being pissy yes. towards Rory and not letting Rory explain herself we will get into this but for right now paris is in my d tier understandable my current d tier with taylor dosey is miss patty and jackson really yeah because he should have stood up to rune a lot sooner yeah i do not no 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 one no one i would never let anyone talk to my friend that way mm-hmm I know Lorelai and Jackson aren't super close, but still. Or she supports his business. Yeah. Ain't got time for that. My C tier, Mrs. Kim, mm-hmm. Paris, because mm-hmm. she's very middle of the road right now, Babette, and Rory. Rory came up from D tier for season one. My C tier is Mrs. Kim. Okay. So I bumped her up yeah. from D she's to C. She's good. Yeah. She's uh, delivered a lot of laughs for me this season. <laughs> Stairs and CPS. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking more of who kissed you? The Lord, <laughs> mama. 
<laughs> yeah, that one's good. Even though that's, that's technically a lane line, but the setup is important. Yeah. I have the BFFs, Mrs. Patty and Babette, both in the C tier. And then I have Rory in the C tier. Babette, Rory, and... Miss Patty were all C tier and they are still. They have not moved. Interesting. Okay. Good the enough. only thing that has changed about the C tier is <laughs> I'll go ahead and I'm next anyway. Is a Kim moved out and a Kim moved in. Hey. <laughs> so for my B tier, I have Jackson uh-huh. because this is the part of his storyline I like is the beginning where he and Suki are starting their relationship. Things are golden right now. We'll cross that bridge when we get to yeah. it later. Lane is in my B tier and then Michelle is in my B tier. Okay. All right. There's a, must be a lot in your A tier right now. Oh yeah, my A tier is stacked. Really? I still only have three people in my A tier. So my B tier is Richard, Mm -hmm. Lane, Mm -hmm. Suki, Mm -hmm. Michelle, Mm -hmm. and I bumped down the Queen Emily Gilmore. (gasps) Just because she's being a little touchy right now. (laughs) And then my A tier is Lorelai, duh, Luke, duh, and Kirk, duh. Duh. My A tier is Lorelai, Suki, Mm -hmm. Luke. Emily, Richard, and Kirk, of course. See, I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I should have moved Suki up, but it's okay. Yeah, I'm coming back around on Suki. When we did the quizzes and I found out I was Suki slash Lane, I was kind of upset about it. I was like, well, why am I so upset about it? And I've taken the last three weeks to reflect. Everyone thinks that they're the main character. No one wants to be the best friend because you're the main character in your own story. And then I had a yeah. I had a fuzzbead quiz tell me I'm not only, not only am I not a, the main character, I'm just two best friends merged into one. And I took that as a, as a blow to my character. But no, I'm okay being no. these two best friends. Yeah. Because they both come in yeah. clutch. They're good friends. They have had moments where I'm like, no, I have been in this exact situation or I would have said this exact thing. There's a quote that we'll get to later where Suki is talking on and on and on and you're like, oh, no, 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 this makes sense. This tracks. Especially when she's checking out the dragonfly. Uh Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Who else did you have in your A tier? Kirk, of course, Lorelai, Suki, Luke, and then Richard and Emily. Emily bumped up to Uh, an A. All right. Hell yeah. If you guys want to chime in with a haven't you people ever heard of closing the gosh diddly darn door. No, not really. Sorry, I had to say that. I'm so sorry. With your thoughts and feelings about the characters, go ahead and check out the tier list that the lovely Witsy has made on the Twitters. Do you want to get crack a Yeah, this episode we are discussing the last seven episodes of season one, episodes 15 through 21. Let's get this ball rolling. Boy, that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> Episode 15, Christopher Returns. Of course, Christopher shows up out of the middle of nowhere, as we talked about at the end of our last stint. And he makes the case that he wants to be a greater role in Rory's life. He wants to be an actual father figure and says that he's probably going to settle in for a little bit, visit. And Rory, of course, gives him the invitation to stay at the house, which we talked about, I think, last time as well. Lorelai is very hesitant about this. He's overjoyed about this because he's still obviously head over heels for Lorelai, mm-hmm. at least at the moment. Mm-hmm. Rory decides to give him the grand tour of Stars Hollow since he's never had a look around in, let's see, how old is she? 16. 16 years in this man. Girl, baby. I'm not saying Lorelai is wrong for letting Rory keep a 
somewhat of a relationship with Christopher, but also manage those expectations. Mm -hmm. I'll just say quickly at the top. I feel like the writers kind of struggled to balance that she's 16. Did you notice the way she interacted with Christopher? She was excited that he was there. He was going to stay on the couch. I don't know. I just felt like they had aged her down a little bit for her interactions with her father. I could see that though, as someone who's observed a 16 year old with a dad that isn't around all the time. Mm -hmm. I could kind of see that. While Rory is giving him a tour around town, he says that he wants to buy her a book. So she takes him to the local bookstore and picks out this obscene book. She wants the freaking Dictionary Britannica or something insane. It's like with every eight inches word. thick. Yeah. She picks out this obscenely large book and Christopher goes to pay for it. But of course, his card has been declined. Meanwhile, he's been touting that he has a very successful startup going on in Silicon Valley. So why is his card getting declined? Dun, dun, dun. Rory brushes this off and so does Christopher and the book clerk puts it in the back for him to come quote pick up later but about as soon as they leave the bookstore this rumor has spread throughout the entire town. Mm -hmm. The town is already abuzz about Christopher because ooh it's Rory's dad we've never seen him before he's He's so handsome. handsome. Is he a Brad Pitt or Matthew McConaughey? Yeah I don't remember who the other I don't remember the other guy but (laughs) yeah doesn't matter. Billy Crudup. Sure whoever the hell that is. Yeah, that's who it was. Who that's who they were talking about. Emily and Richard get wind of Christopher coming into town. And so they also find out, oh, his parents are going to be in from their vacation home somewhere. Why don't we get everyone together for this huge family dinner? It'll be fantastic. Emily thought. Emily thought. Emily thought wrong. Emily thought incorrect, and that's why she's in the beach here. At this Friday night dinner where everyone's there, it turns into a absolute disaster because Christopher's parents are belittling Lorelai consistently in front of Rory and Christopher, just relentlessly and demeaning her and Richard's not having any of it. He about comes to blows with Christopher's father because Emily and Richard have been nothing but nice to Christopher. And basically Christopher's parents blame Lorelai for everything that went wrong in Christopher's life, even though Christopher even admits I would have never made it through college. It's not your fault. Through Princeton, right? Yeah, Princeton. Big line of Princeton men. Okay. What was his first name? Christopher's dad's name? Mm-hmm. Uh, something frilly like Percy. Ugh. That tracks. I liked how Lorelai sent Rory out of the room to kind of protect her from this mm-hmm. while they just hashed it all out. But it's really sad because you can obviously tell that one, this is why Christopher turned out the way he is. And two, they don't want anything to do with Rory. And that's so sad because even Richard brags about her, about how smart she is, how intelligent she is. She could give you a run for your money. Strobe. Like the light? Spelled differently, but yeah. Strobe. Ah. Strobe in Francine. Ew. Richard basically, like I said, throws them out and he is not dealing with these comments about Lorelai and Frank. There is a quote here. I feel like there is a lot of child support checks that need to be like mailed stat from all of these people. (laughs) All of these rich people need to start cutting some checks. Thanks. So in the aftermath of this ruined dinner party, this catastrophe, Richard ends up locking himself into study to calm down because of course he's had this heart thing that happened recently. He needs to chill the hell out. He's about to have an aneurysm. Emily makes this plate of food for Rory, which she just whips out of the cold refrigerator and just slaps it on a plate and says, here you go. It was green beans and potatoes, right? Yeah, and maybe some kind of protein. I feel like you and I were giving her grief during the viewing and I just now thought, 
We don't know how much time has passed. We don't know how long it had been boxed up in the refrigerator. Maybe it hasn't hadn't even had a chance to chill. Oh, that is true. They knew the dinner party was going south, so she was just told the help to box it up, put it in the refrigerator maybe. Yeah. Because she wasn't sure if anyone was going to stay and eat. That mm-hmm. would make sense. Okay. Now I kind of feel like a jerk. Thanks for that. <laughs> Reality check Witsy here. I gotta help my girl Emily. Emily reassures Rory because Rory is really down in the dumps of this is all my fault. She's really beating herself up about just being born. And Emily says that her parents might have made a lot of mistakes, but she was never one of them. She's loved. She is cared for. And that's something I love about Emily is that she always makes Rory feel loved and wanted, which is really nice. I have a very similar dynamic with one of my grandmothers, which is what I think bumped Emily up from B to A this this go around. Gotcha. Lorelai ends up having this discussion with her father about how she's really grateful to him for defending her, but he shuts her down and says that he was defending the Gilmore name, not her. It's really hard for her to take this in and she eventually just leaves him in his study to fume. And she meets up with Christopher. He finds her out on her balcony, tries to comfort her by repeating their little romantic history and going through how they've spent a lot of time out on that balcony. And it's her little corner of the world that she can get away from everything on. And they end up doing some hanky panky out on that balcony in front of the Lord and everybody. The whole street heard. We find out that she was supposed to help Luke paint, which we had talked about in our last stint. Because she was with Christopher this did not happen. And we were very disappointed. Mm -hmm. And Frank, there's a quote here. (gasps) Was she supposed to be there to paint? Oh my God, you bitch, Lorelai. How could you? This puts her in the B tier. (laughs) Drop that. Oh, you treacherous whore. Oh, you and the fuck boy himself. Rory goes up there looking for him. Mom? Dad? Are you making me a little brother? (laughs) On the floor? Thanks. So the next morning, Lorelai wakes up at home and she is horrified that she forgot to help Luke paint the diner that last night. She ends up grabbing a jacket, racing through town in her pajamas to show up to Luke's. She begs him for forgiveness. She's like, I'm so sorry. He's kind of annoyed with her. And she said it was an emergency. And he's like, an emergency, huh? And she tries to give him this big story of a blah, 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 pile up. And this, he sees right through her. Yeah. And she gives in that it wasn't an emergency. But she didn't mean to forget. Frank, there is another quote. I thought he lived upstairs. He does. Then where were you, Uh Mr. Luke? Where were you? Whose bed were you sleeping in this morning, Mr. Luke? Whose beds have your boots been under? Why, your sex vest and it came back. Thanks. He shrugs it off at first, but then appears to be somewhat wounded when he realizes that Lorelai was with Christopher the night before. And that's the reason why she forgot. He basically blows her off and says, forget about it. I'm opening up. Just go home. She's sitting on his stoop waiting on mm-hmm. him. And he walks from like down the sidewalk instead of unlocking from the inside. That's why we were confused of where he came from. So when Lorelai ends up returning to the house, Christopher out of the Gosh, diddly dadgum blue asks her to marry him. Ridiculous. What is with this woman in getting marriage proposals? I don't know. Uh, it's kind of sudden from boys that, I'm not even calling men, they're boys who think that getting married is going to fix everything. Yeah, I, I really hate that. It's very cliche, but also I feel like it's also kind of realistic because a lot of people have that mindset of, oh, we'll just get married and it'll fix everything. Or, oh, we'll just have a baby and it'll fix everything. No, it won't. 
Trust me, it will not. Mm-mm. If anything, it adds more stress. Exactly. Because it's not as easy to separate yourselves from one another. She explains that he is not ready. He does not have the responsibility that it takes to raise Rory and be a team and what she wants in a marriage. And Christopher just gives up eventually and returns to California with the promise of doing a better job of staying in touch with Rory, which lasts not even the end of the driveway. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really sad. The next morning, Lorelai ends up surprising Luke by having the diner completely repainted and somewhat redecorated when he arrives to open up for the day. And he's asking, how in the hell did you get in here? And she said that, and she says, oh, the bread guy let me in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, remind me to get a new bread guy. And things are a lot better between the two of them. So it's all good. And we get that iconic scene of her with the little bandana on her head and like paint all over yeah. her face and uh iconic episode 16 star-crossed lovers and other strangers we mentioned in the last stint that luke was trying to get rid of all of his old things in that rummage sale which included that sweater or jacket that lorelei bought that belonged to an ex-girlfriend rachel ugly ass yeah. jacket <laughs> ridiculous it was bedazzled camo I mean, what? What? Extremely ugly. Extremely, extremely ugly. But we were like, yeah, we, we don't think she comes back into town, you know, for a while. Well, color me surprised. She comes back this very season. In this episode. I had no recollection. I knew she came back, but I didn't think it was this season. I thought maybe season two. Yeah, same. Surprise. Same. So she arrives in Stars Hollow very unexpectedly. Surprise to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Us, Luke, <laughs> Lorelai. The whole freaking town. She immediately checks that there is chemistry and attraction between Luke and Lorelai. And of course, they both deny it because that's what they've been doing this whole time. And Rachel decides, you know, I'm going to stay in town for a little while this time. And she really wants to try to make a home in Stars Hollow. And that really starts to rub Luke and Lorelai with some mixed feelings both ways. Because as of right now, they're both single. They're both starting to vibe with one another. And they're both starting to consider the other as a partner. Kind of. It's like baby, baby, baby steps. But now that there's going to be a person person in the way they ask rachel where she's been and uh, frank i'm not proud of this but there's a quote here <laughs> the mid-east the mid-east you know a good mid-easter <laughs> the middle east i am the stupidest person to ever exist <laughs> she is shortening middle east and i was confused you were confused I thought she was making something up because it's the Midwest. <laughs> who calls it the Mideast? You idiot. Oh who, my god. Who calls it? No. Who calls it the Mideast? I knew exactly what she was talking about, Go though. Go fuck yourself. Come on. I would love to in the Mideast, which is also short for Middle East. I fuck will go off. do that. Fuck I will go off. do that. I will go do that, dummy. Listen, I know. I tell you you're dummy thick all the time, but this is getting ridiculous ridiculous thanks you had a big old cup of that dumb juice that morning huh oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) sipping on it maybe we recorded this before i got my wedge pillow (gasps) maybe always be promoting (laughs) i'm just saying maybe i didn't get good sleep Rory begs and begs and begs Lorelai to try and pull a favor with Emily for her because it is going to be Rory and Dean's three-month anniversary that Friday and she needs to be able to skip Friday night dinner. And Lorelai doesn't think it's going to be possible. She makes a bunch of wisecracks about, you know, things that'll be easier. Lorelai puts in the call with Emily and Emily immediately is like, yeah, that's fine. 
tell her to enjoy herself. Like, it'll be fine. Have a great night. No problem. But we will still see you at seven. No, you know, you can't be late. Lorelai and Rory come away from this phone call thinking they've just solved world hunger. <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. They've learned how to divide by zero. <laughs> they found the last digit of pi. We'll say really quick. I do like whenever this initial arrangement is set up, we get the big vibe that it is because Emily and Richard, mostly Emily though, wants to be involved in Rory's life. Mm-hmm. But this just shows that yes, Emily misses Lorelai really badly and enjoys their time together, even if they do bicker. She still loves her yes. and wants to see her. I thought that was really sweet. I think, not that there is less, I don't want to say less love, but there is a very strong dynamic between a mother and their only child, yeah. a parent and their only child. Not that it changes when there's more children in the picture, but we're starting, especially as the season like goes on and on and on, we're starting to see that Lorelai's running away from home really wounded Emily. Yeah. And even though it has now been 16 years, Emily still hasn't really moved on from that. Which we'll see in a later episode, hardcore. Yeah. Even whenever she confronted Richard in the study in the last episode, he talked about how Emily couldn't get out of bed for months mm-hmm. after Lorelai ran away. Yeah. Emily really felt the loss of of Lorelai. And that kind of makes sense because Lorelai is such a large presence and a large personality that her presence yeah. is felt in the room. And of course, her absence would be astounding. Especially in that old house. Yeah. We just learned that Emily really, really struggled with it. Now that they're both back in her life, she's trying to do everything she can as the matriarch of the family to keep everything together. Sometimes too much. <laughs> right. I think she really has the sense that she feels like she struggled the first time around. Yeah. Or that she failed the first time around so she doesn't want to fail again. Exactly. It's a very deep character. So we see as Lorelai arrives for dinner that Emily is just extremely bubbly. It's just beside herself with excitement. And I went, oh no, she's setting Lorelai up. And you're like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's going to be a man waiting here for her. Lorelai gets rushed into the sitting room where Richard's making drinks. And then you hear the doorbell ring. And of course, I called it. Emily did invite a man over trying to fix her up and he is the world's most boring man he sells graveyard plots what do you expect emily is just doting on every word that comes out of this man's mouth but richard can put up with a lot he also finds this man excruciatingly boring he and lorelei are exchanging looks all night just you know how much more boring can this man get Richard's about ready to put in a bid for a plot because he's about to go off himself in the coat room if he has to listen to this guy anymore. Yeah. Dinner is extremely painful. Lorelai finally decides she's going to make a break for it. So she goes back up to her old bedroom. And as she's halfway out the window, Richard walks in looking for her. I think he was sent by Emily to like find her for cocktails or dessert or something. And she's like, hi, daddy. And she begs him, do not, do not, do not make me stay with this boring man any longer. Yeah. She even gets him to admit that this man is excruciating boring. I have said that phrase, but there's no other way to describe this man. No, that's painful. Yeah. Richard uncharacteristically covers for her and says, no, Emily, she's not up here and lets Lorelai go out the window and Frank, there's a quote here. VIP. You mean MVP? No, he's a very important person. He's <laughs> A tier. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I did mean that. I keep getting that confused because I'm 88 years old, but also he is a VIP. <laughs> Thanks. I'm prouder of that one than I am the first quote. (laughs) You should be. As you should. Back in Sarah's Hollow, we see that Dean and Rory are having a romantic dinner for their three-month anniversary. Snooze. And then they break into this junkyard where he reveals that he's restoring building a car for her. And they're sitting in the car and Dean is looking at her and he professes that he loves her. And Rory freezes. Doesn't know what to respond. And she goes, I love 
this car and then we see as she walks through the front door that she and Dean have broken up and she doesn't give Lorelai any of the details. She just says that they broke up. Forgot Lorelai's meatball in the yeah, car. Yeah, Lorelai goes, I don't care. Just get over here. She wants to comfort her. It pisses yeah. me off so much that Dean broke up with her because she didn't know how to reciprocate that she loved him back. It makes it excruciatingly obvious that he doesn't love her. Because if you truly love someone, you're not going to do that to them. Love is a selfless thing. And that's something that Dean is not capable of, at least right now in his life. Yeah, it's emotionally manipulative to expect mm, someone absolutely. to be able to, re- to feel the same thing that you're feeling, especially 16 years old. Also, I would like to point out the obvious that Rory is being raised by a single mother mm-hmm. and doesn't have any male roles in her life, except now Richard. And Christopher, who has been absent. Right. She has not grown up in a home with a man and a woman or a mother and a father in her life or even just two people uh-huh. in her life that reciprocate I love you back and forth. She does not have that example in her life. Even Richard and Emily aren't touchy-feely in front of them. You won't catch them saying, oh, I love you, sweetie. I love you so much. Right. And Dean knows that he's her first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She's not his first girlfriend. No. It's just not fair. It starts getting sprinkled in. We mentioned it in the last episode that Lorelai will date a man for two months and break up with him. Lorelai's not getting to the I love you stage with boyfriends either. No. Rory is in above her head with this relationship. She doesn't know what to do with a boyfriend. Like all of this is absolutely brand new to her. She's a little shell-shocked, lack of a better word. And it just pisses me off so much that he broke up with her because she didn't know how to reciprocate in that situation. Yeah. I mean, in my relationship, I will say this, Tanner was the first one to say, I love you. And it was really soon after we started dating. And I was kind of in a similar position. I mean, my grandparents love each other and stuff like that, but I've also seen a lot of bad stuff, that kind of thing. And so I told him, I said, hey, I think I could love you, but I just don't know. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I know it's really soon. I know it probably sounds stupid, but I just thought you should know. It wasn't a, so you don't love me. It was a, I understand where you're coming from. And that's fine. I just wanted you to know. See, that's really funny because I have almost the exact same situation with Brian. He said it pretty early on as well. I mean, it's a little different because Tanner was your first boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So it was completely new for you. In my last actual relationship before Brian burned me really, really badly. So I was just being very cautious. And so when Brian dropped the big I love you bomb, I just went, oh, okay. I really appreciate that, but I'm not there yet. This doesn't change anything. I'm just not there yet. Yeah. And I think I, I don't want to say caught up, but I caught up a couple of weeks later. Yeah. I think mine was a couple of days later. Like once I realized there wasn't that pressure there, yeah. it wasn't that bad. He was my first boyfriend, but I wasn't his first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. In my case, Brian was the pursuer. Like he had had a crush on me for a while. Oh, yeah. Tanner was definitely the pursuer, too. So it was just he had had, like, longer in his mind to put me in the mental equation of life, if that makes sense. This episode just uh, ends really shittily, and uh, (laughs) that's all I really have to say about that, because boo. And Dean, go die in a dumpster. Moving on. Episode 17, The Breakup Part 2. Ugh. So, Rory. 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 <laughs> Rory decides to engage in a flurry of activity to avoid thinking of Dean. She wakes up Lorelai at that like what six in the morning on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'd have found a time machine. I'd have gone back. I'd have put a condom on. 
fast forwarded back to where I was if my child had the audacity to wake me up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. But she has this list of things that she and Lorelai always want to do but never actually do because they don't get up early enough and they get lazy on the weekends. So she wants to do them and Lorelai's like, I, I appreciate your gusto, but girl, you need to wallow. Like, take a day. Have a pity party for yourself and then move on with your life. You've been through something big. This is big. And she starts to go down this list because Rory is insistent. They go into town and Lorelai is trying to run interference as the residents of Stars Hollow actually reach out to try to console Rory. But Rory mm. doesn't want any of them to know what happened. To go to Luke's diner to get breakfast, they have to go down a back alley because, oh, God forbid, they're going to have to walk past Dean's house to get to Luke. Lorelai indulges this and then they get to Luke's and Luke tells Lorelai that man he just wants to punch that kid he's like he knew he was bad he knew he was bad from the beginning can't believe this and he sees Dean start to walk into the restaurant and <laughs> Luke marches his little cap backwards cap wearing ass outside and he says you need to turn around mister and Dean's trying to force his way into this cafe while the owner is telling him to leave. The owner, exactly. If this was just another, like, customer in the building, like, yeah. I understand Dean yeah. trying to blow. Luke of Luke's diner is saying, you're not welcome in my establishment, sir. You think you're not going to get served a turd burger Ugh. if you try to eat there? Like, what? what is in his little entitled boy brain? What is going on up there? And I know we give Dean a hard time because... He's dumb. <laughs> well, he's a teenager. We get it. But it's actions like this that lead to toxic grown men mm -hmm. when they're not corrected and not called out, which I don't even think the show does a really good job of calling that manipulation out. But Luke is fighting Dean. He's got him in a headlock. They're swinging each other around, just mm -hmm. wrestling out in the middle of the street. Lorelai runs outside and breaks it up because what the hell are you doing? You're fighting with a teenage boy. Get out of here. We find out that Rachel is also pitching in at the diner to help out Luke while she's staying there. And while Luke was fighting with Dean, Witsy noticed that Luke's soul patch was gone. And Frank, there's a quote here. <laughs> he shaved the soul patch. The one thing Rachel was good for. God, how did he get hotter? <laughs> Rachel's pooch juice probably burned it off his face. Thanks. <laughs> one of my finer moments. Oh. Oh, man. So on a much lighter note, Jackson is preparing dinner for Suki. And she is having a real hard time staying out of the kitchen while he's trying to cook for her because he has forbade her from coming inside, which does sound like someone else I know. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> she also mentions wanting to know if he's going to load the dishwasher correctly. and that he There's a diagram. That there's a diagram inside the pantry. I don't have a diagram, but I do have a system of how I like things arranged in the dishwasher. Not because like this order is better than this order, but I am trying to get as many things crammed in there as possible to not have to do multiple loads. You're trying to save the environment. It's not your OCD. You're just trying to help the environment. Yes. So let's go with that because I like that a lot better. <laughs> and it's just a really cute little side plot. Lorelai comes over to help console Suki because girl, you need to chill out. It's all fine. It's all good. Meanwhile, 
Rory decides to attend Madeline's party at Madeline's house. And she ends up taking Lane because she just doesn't want to stay around the house because if she sits still, she's going to think of Dean. Lane goes along with her for company. It's a pretty good party except for the fact that everyone notices that Dean's not with her. She gets questioned about it and it just brings up bad feelings. Lane ends up actually finding this dude that she really likes. He's Korean. He's smart. He's everything that her parents would approve of. So she's having second thoughts, but she's actually crazy about this guy. She says... Look her up in the phone book. They're the only Kims in Stars Hollow. It made me laugh because phone book. (laughs) Yeah. And then meanwhile, meanwhile, Lorelai ends up visiting Max and she realizes how much she misses him. They end up having to put a table between them because they're just trying to go at it and make out. sexual tension's so high. Yeah, it's just a lot and they can't keep their paws off of each other and they make out and it's a whole thing. He still has those ugly ass Lowe's tool garage shelves in his apartment, which is disgusting, but neither here nor there. While Lena's having such a good time with this guy, Rory ends up actually attempting to befriend Tristan because he's had a very public breakup with his girlfriend at this party and he's in the back room like by a piano and she goes and sits down by him and talks because they've both been in breakups recently and Frank there's a quote here sucks to have a taste of your own medicine huh shitty I mean shorty thank you because of course Summer dumped Tristan in front of everybody and basically told him to go take a long walk off a short pier yeah go suck a butt he apologizes for his past behavior towards her and he actually kisses her and she just bursts into tears and runs home when Lorelai comes home Rory is crying on the couch in her pajamas with two giant gallon jugs of Ben and Jerry's I have never seen that much Ben and Jerry's in one tub I have never been so jealous of Rory Gilmore actually I've never been so jealous of season one, Rory Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I I think not. I, cr- I self-corrected. <laughs> yeah. Lorelai realizes that, yes, she's finally ready to wallow and wallows with her. Yeah. On the couch. Like a supportive mom would. We'll be right back after a quick break. Are ye lost, little lamb? Pray join us for a joyous journey through the life and times of the one true band, Creed. Remember Creed? If you don't, I'm sure your mom does. She probably still has pictures of Scott Stapp in the top drawer of her nightstand. Creed were on top of the world between the years 1999 through 2003. Until they eventually shined so bright, they exploded in a spectacular supernova that gave birth to Alter Bridge and a slew of solo records from Scotty Boy. In this six-part series, Cameron Poe, Memphis Reigns, and John Milton will explore Creed's humble and pious beginnings as they went from Christian rock to slightly less Christian rock. We'll hear about frontman Stapp's troubles with the law. He really created his own prison. Also that time they fired their bass player for dissing Pearl Jam. He must have been thinking, what's this life for? Whoa, whoa, we'll see Creed get higher. And reach the heights of the top of Top 40 Radio. And while Scott Stapp stood six feet from that edge, he turned to Casey Kasem with his one last breath and said, fuck it, I'll break up the band before hurtling himself off the cliff into a dark pit of addiction and douchebaggery. All of this and more awaits you on this auditory adventure. Join us, won't you, pilgrims? We'll show you the way to the light. And also make fun of the band a lot. Check us out on rotrpodcast.com for new and past episodes. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at rotr underscore podcast for news and show updates.
wow, episode 18, there is nothing here. The third Lorelei. <laughs> nope. Filler. Filler app. Filler. Filler app. There's nothing fucking happening in this episode. Because this is filler. Okay. <laughs> Which, Alrighty. this woman was dead not like 10 episodes ago. Well, the third Lorelai refers to technically the first Lorelai, Richard's mother. She's coming to visit from London and we find out in this episode that she moved there after her husband died and she didn't like to travel so she just stayed there and Richard and Emily would normally go over to London to visit her usually once a year but she did come over stateside once when Lorelai was about 12 but not since then. This will be her first visit over in a very long time. When Richard breaks the news at Friday night dinner that tricks his mother his pet name for her is coming emily loses her shit she goes absolutely crazy we see that she like runs down to the basement of the home where all the stuff is like stored and she's trying to take out every present that Trix has ever given them because she has to remember where everything goes because Trix will know and speaking of Trix and this pet name for her there is a quote here about it frank why is her name Trix? Is it because that's what she was turning when she had him? I'm very confused. It's because she likes yogurt. <laughs> Thanks. Why? That's so weird. Like, you don't give your mom a pet name. That's a intimate, significant other or friend thing to do, I feel. Uh, I mean, I call my mom Ma. Like, and I'm the only one of all her children that call her that. Yeah, but that's still normal. It's not freaking Trucks the Rabbit out here hopping about. Yeah. Throughout the episode, Emily asks Lorelai to bring this big hideous coat rack that she re-gifted to her from her house back over to the Gilmore Manor because they have to set it up by the back door because Trix will definitely know it's missing. And then over at Chilton, we see that Tristan is trying to make the moves on Rory since they kissed at that party. Rory's not really getting the hint. I mean, she is, but she really isn't at the same time. Finally just says, well, why don't you just take a break from dating the same kind of girl? Why don't you go for someone who's... And basically starts describing herself without realizing it. Driven and intelligent and likes books and likes to study and likes school and this, this, and this. Good head on their shoulders. Finally goes, uh, Paris. Paris is cute and she really likes you and I think you should give her a shot. So Tristan asks Paris out for a date and we find out a day or so later that they had a good time, but Tristan really isn't feeling it. He only sees her as a friend and as he's letting her down, he reveals that it was all Rory's idea, which pisses Paris off because she takes it as a, well, you didn't want to date him, so you let me date him kind of thing because it wasn't genuine from tristan she's all butthurt about it yeah which dang homegirl was just trying to like hook you up she's been a good wing girl right she literally tried speaking of chilton and tricks the loan situation of letting rory go to chilton in exchange for friday night dinners becomes revealed to tricks and tricks is very offended by this and just doesn't like the idea of loaning money loaning and borrowing money she wants rory to be financially independent she's 16 yeah (laughs) i don't understand why this is a problem they're keeping it in the family it's not like rory is some orphan off the street yeah and trick says one of the reasons that she had come back stateside is because she had to settle things with her lawyer including setting up a trust fund for rory when she turned 25 she proposes to lorelei that she established that rory have access to the trust fund now to be able to pay for her own schooling lorelei's really gung-ho on this and at first we don't find out how much money is in this that's what's being discussed but lorelei is really gung-ho about it before 
she can leave from dinner that night, Emily starts getting in her head about, well, once Rory has this money, she won't need you anymore. And it really starts, it just sets a little bomb in the back of her mind, which starts Emily and Lorelai to start bickering throughout the remainder of the episode. Trix doesn't like that they're arguing at high tea, like a bunch of lower class citizens. And she rescinds the offer of the trust fund. You're telling me she's upset with them for bickering over hot leaf juice dirty leaf juice emily says that she will have richard smooth things out with tricks but that she's not going to renege on their deal that they will still continue to pay for chilton and lorelei and lorelei and rory will still come over for friday night dinners and then at the end of the episode it's revealed to rory that lorelei lost her two hundred fifty thousand dollars. which she does she still get that when she turns 25 i think that comes into play later that's yeah. what i think yeah I don't... Actually, now I don't know, because how do you explain a year in the life? I don't remember it that well, so... It's, again, that thing of Emily being so scared she's gonna lose not just Rory, Lorelai again. And that's why she puts that thought in the back of Lorelai's mind. Because that's also Emily's worst fear. That came to fruition. Yeah. And Emily even brings that up to Richard. Yes. Of, you can't let your mother give her this money. Uh Uh-huh. We're gonna lose her again. Yeah. They'll never come back. They'll never have to come back. Because I was... Kind of even wondering, like, why Lorelai was wigging out because technically Rory is still a minor. Technically, no one would have to tell Rory any different until she turned 18 because I mean, nothing changes for Rory. Her school's still being paid for. Yeah, exactly. She's still, I don't think she may be able to get emancipated, but it'd be very hard because Lorelai is a good mother. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong there. Also, I don't know how many judges would be like, oh, yes, 16-year-old with a quarter of the million dollars. Here you go. Go to the streets. Yeah. I don't know. Not much in this episode. Kind of a kind of a filler. Like the song. So episode 19, Emily in Wonderland. So Rachel ends up actually finding the Dragonfly Inn, which will come into play big time later. Lorelai and Suki absolutely fall in love with it. Lorelai's always really liked it, but Rachel offers to take Lorelai out there. She wanted to get some more pictures. Let's go look at it. And actually, I liked how close Rachel and Lorelai got. They kind of seemed chummy and it was cool because, I don't know, I mean, I feel like they would get along if Luke wasn't in the way, if that makes sense. I don't think Rachel's a bad person. I think she's just bad at staying in a relationship and being consistent. Which it's kind of nice that we see a female character with those traits since we see male characters in the show with that trait a lot, a lot. It's just kind of refreshing. Yeah. So Lorelai and Rachel end up spending the afternoon to get to know each other. And Rachel asks Lorelai to put in a good word with Luke if the subject comes up. Because she really wants to actually try to make this work this time. And she means a lot to Luke. So Lorelai agrees that, yeah, if the subject comes up, she'll definitely put in a good word. And they end up talking about how Lorelai may buy the dragonfly and turn it into her and Suki's own inn and how that's her big dream. Meanwhile, Rory takes Emily on a tour of Sitar's Hollow. And I love the opening because Emily pulls up in the car and she gets out and she immediately sinks into the mud (laughs) in her high heels. But she says, never occurred to your mother to put on a sidewalk. And Rory says, no, I think she occurs to her every time she gets home from work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Every single time. Yep. Rory takes her in the house and says, oh, you can borrow some of mom's shoes. 
she has a ton. So she ends up borrowing some sneakers and socks to walk around Stars Hollow because there's going to be a lot of walking. Emily ends up hitting it off with Mrs. Kim because they go back and forth and they're very quick with each other on trying to cut a deal with um, over this side table thing. She says, wow, you know, I really like that woman talking about Mrs. Kim. So they're, they're basically besties now. And she even hits it off with Michelle because she knows French. And so whenever she stops by the Independence Inn to see Lorelai for a moment, she talks French with Michelle and Michelle thinks that she is just dashing. But then Rory decides to show Emily this little, what they call the potting shed, where Lorelai lived while raising Rory until they got their house which is just this little, you can tell it was probably a potting shed to pot flowers in and things like that, garden shed, but they redid it with, it's basically kind of one big room. So there's the bedroom, then there's the tub that she, Rory talks about hanging curtains around and they would sit out on the porch that overlooks the, the inn and the lake and they'd listen to the music from the guests and it was just really lovely. And Rory really fondly remembers this. Mm -hmm. She thinks it was very quaint and just good times, which I think is really, really sweet. It almost made me cry. But Emily is just stunned. She has no words. She can't even go in and she just runs off. She just has to go home. There's this comedian that I follow on Facebook mm -hmm. uh, named Christina Kuzmik. I'm probably slaughtering that. A lot of what she talks about is like motherhood and like mm -hmm. life. When she got divorced from her first husband, she had two small children. And she often talks about that time in her life when she was a single mother. Yeah. She said that she always as a mother, could only think about everything that her children were missing out on. Mm -hmm. The three of them lived in a one-bedroom apartment. You know, they ate, like, stale bread from, like, a bakery that a friend was allowed to bring home for her. She said that children, and I think this just is really poignant because children aren't aware what they're missing out on. Yeah. They treasure what they do have because they don't know that they're missing it. And I think that was reflected really well here that Rory thinks the potting shed was a really fun time that she got to spend with her best friend and her mother. Yeah. They shared a bed in this corner and the bathtub was hidden by a sheet and they got to listen to the music. And mm -hmm. to her, it was a special like kind of fairy tale, just kind of them thing. Yeah. And yeah. Emily reacted so strongly because she knows that isn't up and up oh god yeah because Lorelai I mean look at how she was raised in this mansion with all these expensive dolls and things and clothes and everything which I'd like to hear more which I think we may in the future hear more about Lorelai's time there and how she felt about it which we kind of get a peek at in this episode because Rune shows back up Ugh. And to bring it back in really quick, Rune shows up, needs a place to stay per Suki. And so Lorelai ends up giving him a job there and lets him stay in the potting shed. But she doesn't want him to because she still even finds it special. Because that was the first time she got to be independent, even though it was, I'm sure, hard as hell and scary to be a single mother at 16 working this job and having to live there. But it's still sacred to her because it was her first time getting to be independent. So I like that both of them see it as a very fond thing and something that they're kind of protective over. But Emily is just horrified. Yeah. Talk about stairs and CPS. <laughs> yeah. She had a home. She gave yeah. Rory a home. And that's more than a lot of kids can say. Mm -hmm. The episode ends. It's really, really cute with Suki 
Lorelai and Rory all having a picnic out at the dragonfly and Suki's running all over the place saying, we're going to have to put in a kitchen. Where are we going to put the kitchen with all those rooms? How are we supposed to have a bed and breakfast? It's just going to be a bed. There's not going to be a breakfast because there's no kitchen. And she's just saying that it needs storage and it needs a canning room and they want to make their own meats. And Lorelai's like, sure. Yeah, Suki, whatever you want. We'll build a new kitchen. Yeah, it'll be fine. Lorelai's just very chill. This reflects you and I about the concert thing. <laughs> Just you thinking like, oh God, what if we get keyed and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wanting everything to go perfectly. And I'm just out here like, bro, I get to go to a concert for free. Gang, gang. Yeah, and I was worried <laughs> that our seats were going to be disappointing. When you said that, I thought they were going to be like up in the like very, very top row or something. And no, they weren't. But no, we had pretty good seats. Yeah, no, they were great seats. And Frank, there's a quote here. Huh, I wonder why you got Suki. <laughs> I really do not understand how you could have gotten labeled as a Suki. Witsy. Witsy. Thank you. Episode 20 PSI. La. I love this episode. Also, it was the one that I was like, this episode's been six hours too long. Yeah. Let's say I loved the first hour of it. Yeah. <laughs> Lorelai's walking down the street and she sees Luke coming out of some cat store. <laughs> the cat club or something like the that. The cat club. And she's like, what you doing? Or he said nothing. And she's like, you have a bag in your hand. He's like, I've been shopping. And she's like, what you got there? And he's like, nothing. And so she takes the bag from him and reveals the world's ugliest pot holder. It's not just the world's ugliest pot holder. It meows. It's got a button that freaking meows on it. He reveals it's a present for Rachel because her birthday's coming up, but Lorelai's not allowed to say anything because Rachel doesn't want anyone to know her birthday's coming up. He goes on this big rant. Actually, he goes on several rants. The first one being about having to exchange presents with people because just feeling a certain way about a person has to be expressed through monetary gifts. Being in a relationship with someone can't just be about the time we spend together or about this and this. You have to buy things and if you don't buy the right thing, it's the wrong and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes on a second rant about how malls are just awful for the economy <laughs> and the world and yeah you know yeah you have to pay for parking them. even if you're only there for five minutes and Lorelai's just absolutely amused by all of this she's like even like well here's the rant here oh another rant and just <laughs> so tickled by how passionate he feels she offers to go shopping for him she'll pick up a couple of things and whatever he doesn't like she'll have returned he won't have to do anything except for point a finger we see the next day Lorelai totes a bunch of bags into Luke's and she reveals that they had discussed, she and Rachel had discussed some movie and that Rachel hadn't read the book. So she picked up the book that the movie was based on and she also got Rachel a beautiful new camera bag. This one's leather. Her old one is like nylon and cracking and, you know, on its way out. So this new beautiful leather bag that smells good will be the perfect present. Then Luke starts looking around. He's like, well, what the hell's the rest of this? And Lorelai reveals that she went crazy buying <laughs> him new clothes because Bloomingdale's was having a sale. It was 175% off. How do you not buy it? Yeah, and we're like, so she got paid to buy these things? Exactly. And then she just starts increasing the percentage that things were off. It was 100, like he said, 175%, 175,000%. And by the end of it all, it was like 6 trillion percent off. Like, yeah. she got a great deal that day at Bloomingdale's. She even manages to convince Luke to try on all these clothes that he, that she bought for him. And as she's helping him adjust the belt and the last outfit that he tries on, Rachel walks in and it's obvious that she feels very awkward and she looks like she feels like she's intruded on them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. From the very top, she's not felt great about Luke and Laurel 
Lorelai's friendship because she can tell that there's more between the two of them. So that talk that Lorelai had with Luke about Rachel went over so well, but now it looks like Rachel's kind of regretting that conversation. It kind of like leaves everything in the air a little awkwardly. Yeah, definitely. Because she's dressing him in the middle of the restaurant. He looked good. Yeah, he did. Looking pretty fly for a white guy. We also find out in this episode that Rory is still dwelling on the breakup between she and Dean. She finds out that Lane and Dean are science partners. She's not sleeping well. She's still, she's just carrying a lot of feelings. 16 year old first breakup feelings. She accidentally finds out from Max that he and Lorelai are kind of starting to date again and that Lorelai hadn't mentioned it. So she comes home from school and launches into this big argument with Lorelai in the middle of the town square. Lorelai says she has to stop in a Dosi's market to get light bulbs and, and Rory says she's, she's going to go home. Well, Lorelai gets home and Rory's nowhere to be found. We find out that she took off for Hartford to stay with her grandparents. She took a cab and Richard had to pay for the cab. She took Emily up on her offer of her bedroom there. This really pisses Lorelai off. Lorelai's strolling through town and she busts up into Dosi's market again and is looking for Dean. She's giving him a piece of her mind about how he'll never find anyone better than Rory. She really thought he was a good guy and he ended up just being a prick and this, this, and this. And Dean just loses it and he tells her, I'm so tired of the whole town treating me like I'm the bad guy. All I did was tell Rory I loved her. And she sat in silence. So now Lorelai finally knows the truth of what causes them to break up. The next day after school, Rory comes back home to her grandparents' house and Lorelai comes to get her and the two of them hash it out. Rory apologizes for how she's been behaving and Lorelai really tells her that she feels that she is partially responsible and wants Rory to be able to communicate in a relationship that if she loves the partner that she should be able to say that. Tensions are smoothed out. Yeah, which she scared the crap out of her mom by just disappearing again. Yeah, yeah. Also, I don't know why Lorelai didn't call Emily to begin with. Well, I wouldn't expect my child to show up in the next town over. But she didn't, I mean, I'm not saying Emily would have been the first phone call, but she didn't think that at all. Yeah, I don't know. I could say something stupid, like, because that's not where Lorelai would run, but. We're learning that Lorelai and Rory are not as identical as Lorelai once thought. Yeah. And this is the really the beginning of that. Oh, yeah. Big foreshadowing. At the beginning of the episode, while Rory is still kind of just getting ready for school, they're sitting in Luke's and waiting on more coffee. Lorelai decides she's going to try and cheer Rory up with a big game of, I don't remember what they called it, but basically yes, no on men passing by the window. And Lorelai has to say yes or no if they would be her future husband. And (laughs) Lorelai says no to the first two, which means she has to say yes to the third one. And uh, the third person to walk by this window happens to be Kirk, which... uh, (laughs) Because... Rory says, oh, daddy, Mm -hmm. when Kirk walks in and leads to this quote. That's not the first time Kirk's been called daddy. (laughs) Not the last. Won't be the last. Thanks. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, Frank. That's our last quote, Frank. Oh my God, Frank. We made your job so easy, Frank. Just kidding. There's so many quotes, Frank. Good luck, Frank. (laughs) Episode 21, Love, Daisies, and Troubadours. Oh man, what a way. Thank you so much for giving me this episode. Look how short it is. God, there's so much that happens in this. Tristan shows up to school and Rory's there and he says, hey, I have these two tickets to this band. And she's like, oh, I like this band. He's like, all right, you want to come with me? And Rory says, no, I don't because you're a douche nugget. And I don't go to concerts with douche nuggets. To which he says, eh, fine, whatever. And she goes to class. Well, Paris hears that Tristan is spreading a lie, which she doesn't know is a lie, that Rory is going to the concert with him. So she is 
pissed and she is going the hell off. She corners Rory in the hallway and says, hey, listen, I hope you weren't planning on going out for the newspaper because you're gonna need a teacher's permission. Oh, and the person who runs its permission or approval. And oh, by the way, I just got the job and you're not in my good graces. And so Rory is kind of bummed about that. And she tries to explain that, no, Tristan's lying. I would never go out with him. This isn't, this isn't the thing, my dude. But Paris is having none of it. Rachel ends up actually leaving Stars Hollow after she becomes convinced that despite his protest, Luke is in fact in love with Lorelai and she doesn't want to stand in the way of him being happy and also Lorelai's happiness if that's what she wants, which she's the real one. That's hard. It's hard to do, especially since she kind of wanted to make things work this time. So she is Audi 5000. She has hit the road leaving Luke behind. There's also a meeting in Stars Hollow that night where the troubadour stands up and is upset because a rival troubadour, who is actually the counselor from Freaks and Geeks, turns up in Stars Hollow and is playing just across the street from him. And the troubadour explains that we need a troubadour law. This goes against troubadour law. So finally, Rory stands up and says that there's sometimes things that you just can't put into words and you just need to sing and let it out, basically, while Dean is there at the town meeting. So he overhears this and she's kind of embarrassed because she's gone on this huge long rant in front of the whole town and then sits down. Everybody claps for some godforsaken reason. And Taylor Dosey enacts the first troubadour law of the town. Everyone claps because it's Rory. That girl could have farted and everyone would have been like, 10 out of 10. Well, so proud of you, so girl. Astute. <laughs> wow. An intellectual among us. You pass that wind, homegirl. <laughs> <laughs> That's Miss Patty in the back. You pass that wind, girl. You let them cheeks flap, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the troubadour is officially the town troubadour. It ends up really touching Dean's heart. And while she's walking out of school the next day, Tristan's stolen her books and is just berating her about why she won't go to this concert with him. And she sees Dean. Dean sees them. He thinks that she and Tristan are together. So he goes to get back in his truck. Rory slams the door closed and says, no, I would never be with him. Why are you here? And he talks about her speech and how it was all about him. And she finally tells him that she loves him and they make out in front of Chilton because, you know, that would so go over so well with Headmaster Hanlon, but apparently he doesn't exist anymore. He's in Taylor's basement with the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Tristan sees this, is upset, yeets her books into a bush where she will never be able to find them. And I want to add, it was shitty that he had her books because he's like, why won't you go to this concert with me? Stop fighting it. He's being really toxic. Yeah. And takes her books out of her hands and says, I'm not going to give you these back until you go to the concert with me. Yeah. And she's like, fine, keep them. Keep them forever for all I care. And she starts to walk off and that's when she sees Dean. Yeah. And Dean's like, he has your books. And she's like, because he won't give them back. Dude, this is such a teenager thing. Such a teenager <sighs> thing to do. It's why Yale Rory is my favorite. I don't even like her, <laughs> but Yale Rory is my favorite because at least it isn't this shit. I am so far and removed from high school. Yeah. It's like, bro. They're back together. Meanwhile, so throughout this entire episode, Luke has been hanging around Lorelai's house and fixing things. Like, this banner is creaky. It's not gonna hold you. We need to fix it. He's just been tinkering and he even broke into her back door because he says, oh, that lock was weak. She said that was a perfectly good lock. It came at the house. And he says, that's the kind of lock the burglars look for. And she's <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's been fine for years. And he says, well, it was weak. And that's how I broke into your back door. And she's like, oh my God, you broke in my back door? 
You're losing it, man. Yeah. yeah, you're really passing some boundaries here, buddy. He's just been leaving his toolbox there because it's easier than him lugging it back and forth every day. She's going out with Max and she's getting all dolled up and Max shows up right after Luke does to get his toolbox, which she lovingly named Bert. They're talking when Max comes in and then Luke starts to peacock a bit and says, oh, well, I was just coming over here to get my toolbox because I've been doing a lot of handiwork for Lorelai. And... They start just going back and forth, doing man things. Oh, it's a big pissing contest. It is. And she's like, well, I'll probably talk to you later, Luke. And Max says, oh, well, not tonight, because we're going to be out late tonight. And Lorelai's like, yeah, no, like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's She's trying to defuse the situation, but also, like, she's not doing a very good job of it. <laughs> yeah, she was trying to be neutral, and she's like, to get coffee, you know, or whatever. And Luke's like, yeah, we see each other pretty much every day. Because I make the coffee, and she needs the coffee. And yeah. which I pointed out, this man can't make a cup of coffee worth a damn. Nope. Talking about Max. So, <sighs> I've brought that up many a times. <laughs> many a, many a time. I don't know how it's hard to screw up a cup of coffee. How do you... Brick up a cup of coffee. Make it too weak, I guess. <sighs> Burn it. Luke ends up leaving without his toolbox, Bert. And this leads to a disagreement between Lorelai and Max. And because they start to fight and Max says, I know how to fix this fight. We should just get married. <gasps> okay, Christopher 2.0. Hello. And she says, no, this is not how a proposal goes. There should be lights and music and something leading up to the big question and a horse don't know what the horse is doing there but that's besides the point and there should be a thousand yellow daisies it should be a, a huge deal not something to just stop a fight mm-hmm. and he says that he's sorry and the night ends basically well the next day the next freaking freaking Frackety day. She comes up to work and Michelle is bickering with Kirk because we didn't order these flowers. Where do these flowers come from? Kirk says, I don't know. I just filled the order, my dude. Just let me in. Let me do my job. I need Lorelai to sign for this. And Lorelai walks in because she starts to realize, oh God. And it is tens of thousands of yellow daisies in the hotel. I guess the lobby? Yeah, the lobby at the end. And she only refers to it as 1,000 yellow daisies. Yes. Kirk refers to it as 1,000 yellow, yellow daisies. daisies. There's no way this is only 1,000 yellow daisies. Like you said, no. it must be tens of thousands because it's filling this room. There are like little petals on the freaking back of the couch. Like, did Kirk pluck those off and lovingly set them on the back of no, the couch? No, he shook them and they fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and so she just sits in this astounding pile of daisies and is just shooketh. Max calls her and he says, no, this isn't going to fix everything, but it's a start. So just think about it. Basically proposing because he says that he is undeniably in love with Lorelai. So this leads her to bounce around town looking for Rory and she stops by Luke's to see if she's there. She's not, but she has big news. She just can't tell him. She needs to tell Rory first and she gives him a yellow daisy. And I think he knew something was up. Because he was very like, oh shit. (laughs) And then Rory and Lorelai see each other outside on the streets of Stars Hollow and they run into each other's arms and they're both so excited and bouncing. And they say, 
I just, at the same time, and they decide to take turns. And she's, Rory s- says that she finally told Dean that she loves him and they're bouncing and excited. And it's assumed that Lorelai tells Rory that Max has proposed. And that's where the season ends. Yeah, I'm reading a thing here from uh, writer and producer Amy Sherman Palladino mm-hmm. and co-creator and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The room was so large, there were tons of flowers in it for the shot. Because the set was so large, there were way more than a thousand daisies in the room. And here's mm-hmm. the actual quote. A thousand yellow daisies actually sounds like a lot, but when you put a thousand yellow daisies in a big room like our set, it's kind of like a table arrangement. <laughs> Three or four times we had to send people out to get more yellow daisies. I think we wiped out yellow daisies on the West Coast. Jesus. In the end, they ended up with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. That's four thousand, you know, not four thousand, but four thousands. Uh, of flowers for the scene. It was definitely a lot. I just don't know why they didn't just do a tighter shot. I guess because they needed that like wow factor of her being surrounded by them. Sandy Veneziano, the production designer, says we cheated a little bit on some of the shots. We would push the background daisies. So if it wasn't a wide shot, we would go further in and put some on apple boxes so they were a little higher and filled the space. I also don't know why Max would have them sent to her work. That seems a bit inconvenient. I feel like that's something that could get you fired. (laughs) Sherman Palladino goes on to say, we had no money on Gilmore, especially that first season. We were trying to trade sexual favors for snow. <laughs> Production designer says it was it was like a sea of yellow. It was just amazing. There was a reaction, but then that's enough. It's time to shoot. ASP says once we started playing out camera angles, I had crew guys that looked like they had just murdered a family on the freeway, yelling from the rafters, saying, "You've got to shoot from up here. It's gorgeous." <laughs> Suddenly, everyone's a florist. People got really into how we shot it, the romance of it, and the look. It was quite a lovely picture, and everywhere you put the camera, it was pretty. That's awesome. That's beautiful. For Lauren Graham, it might have been one of her favorite scenes ever because it's one of the few times she didn't have to say anything. Oh. But it's, I didn't realize that, but it said so much. I don't like Max, but it was a beautiful shot. I will give them that. It's very memorable. It's an iconic scene. I mean, that's what this, this show is just full of iconic things. But yeah, that's uh, season one of Gilmore Girls. I am excited for season two. I'm glad we got through season one. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. It was enjoyable. Definitely. I am coming around to your side of things of saying like, oh yeah, things are going to get much better the further mm-hmm. we go. Especially because so. the characters get more and more fleshed out. Yeah. And we don't have as much explanation needed since we kind of have the groundwork laid in this season one. We don't have as many of those moments where it's, at least not that I remember of, oh, that thing that happened that I should remember, but I don't remember. That's crazy. Yeah. That level or that that technique or that, I don't know the word I'm looking for, exposition of writing like that obviously is useful. Yes. But it can be done. Much better. In, it can be done much better and it just and it isn't just even this show it's multiple shows where they do things like that i'll say for example and we're gonna see how they uh are able to carry it out for the new season or for the revival but dexter did a really good job about that but we had the privilege of doing flashbacks we had flashbacks but we also had the dark passenger him physically talking to himself the dark passenger acted as the narrator so you have a narrator and you have there were multiple tools i'm just saying i'm not saying that gilmore girls should have been like that and we do get flashbacks in gilmore girls at least one immediately comes to mind but exposition could be done correctly or it can be done weekly i don't want to say incorrectly but it just really grinds my gears when it's just haphazardly done i get that i i do think it's kind of funny though how much asp just does not give a damn (laughs) about it don't worry about it it's basic don't worry about it worry about your own self (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about Basically. it. <laughs> I'm excited to uh, get into season two because... We're one step closer. I'm closer to Jess. If you like what you heard, remember to follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Remember to give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you use Apple, which is kind of crazy. Kind of let me know. I would be interested to know who uses Apple Podcasts at this point. We have a website. Bitchwatchpod.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at bean.buttrito. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, just drop the dot. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at EC underscore Witsy. Instagram is Witsy12. And then, yeah, our Bitch Watch accounts can be found at Bitch Watch Pod everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I will mention to keep your eyes on our social media. We're going to start something new within this new season where we're going to start announcing what episodes we're watching and discussing and let you guys kind of uh, chime in on thoughts or questions about what we're watching plus the ranked tiers and stuff yes i really want to see those ranked tiers i really want to see them but just everyone remember kirk is not allowed to be dropped below an a just (laughs) you will get banned from the show if you drop that man below an a (laughs) you will get you know how i was threatening cameron a lot about burning his house down yeah we can't say that on the show for legal reasons but okay you can't threaten to burn people's houses down But I'm an Aries. What am I supposed to do? What do I do? I was literally wanted to light something on fire before we got on the air. I know. And I had to tell you no, not a good idea. <laughs> Anyways, I will refrain then. But remember to make good choices. Or don't and be smart about it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Two bitches, yeah. Two bitches, two bitches just watching TV. <laughs> Bitch.